Good morning. I'm Mark Buckner. I'm the pastor here at Antioch Brighton. So glad you've been a part of our services this morning. It's always wonderful to connect with and even have short conversations by Zoom with different ones that we get to, to see in this different format of living life in this season. We are in the second week of our series of Advent. And the title of our series is, Are We There Yet? It is the expression of anxiety, of uh, exhaustion, of frustration that we are in, of wondering how long we're going to have to wait before there's a vaccine, before we make progress with racial equity, before we resolve some of these problems that seem to be pressing in more and more as we're more isolated in this season. So are we there yet? When's this going to end? Last week was about seeing the value of our longings and drawing strength from longing for Jesus and his kingdom. See, this, this whole are we, that, are we there yet is about us learning some things. It's about us discovering some things that can be significant places of maturity, breakthrough, and development in our lives. This week is embracing the training, the discipline of the waiting, the patience of the waiting, accepting the long path and not being bitter about it, but rather recognizing God at work in our lives in this season. We're picking up the Christmas story just after the birth of Jesus, actually days after the birth of Jesus, where Joseph and Mary are going to the temple to present Jesus, their child, to the Lord in a, according to the law. So we find in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon found him. He took him in his arms and praised God. And we have a prophecy that he speaks there, but I'm going to jump down to the 29th verse, and he's finishing up, and he says, Sovereign Lord, you have promised, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. And in the 33rd verse, we have the second character, and, uh, excuse me, the, the 36th verse. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, coming up to them at that very moment. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So we've got a very interesting thing happening in Joseph and Mary's lives, of course, they'd had the dramatic presence of angels and 
prophecies and so many different things that happen. Now they're just after the birth experiencing dramatic confirmations of who this child is. And these two characters, Simeon and Anna, are significant for us because they have waited a long time. Simeon is specifically waiting for the Messiah. It says that there was a promise that he was given that he would not die before he saw God's promise, Messiah. And in Anna's prophecy, it was a uh, she was a picture of God's people that were waiting for the Messiah. So she didn't have a specific prophecy. I would see him, but she had lived a life of devotion, of of phenomenal, extraordinary devotion of fasting and prayer and worship uh, that put her in a position to see Jesus, to see the revelation of Jesus in the flesh. Both of these stories reveal the state of waiting that God's people were in at that time. So we have a few things that that mark the uh, culmination of this waiting. One is the whole season of the prophets saying there was one who was to come. There's this descendant of David. We have the exile of Israel and the loss of identity, that this sense of this promise that Abraham had, that his descendants would would be those who bless all the nations and that God's purposes and identity would come through them. They've lost their identity. And they are in that season of waiting all the way up to this this time at uh, the birth of Jesus. And we also have this Maccabean period where the prophets had been silent for 400 years. There, there was no word of the Lord that had come. So they had this huge expectation of waiting for when is God going to speak to us? When is his purpose going to be revealed? When are we going to be there yet? And <clears throat> Simeon and Anna had not been waiting for days or weeks or months. They had been waiting for decades. 10, 20, 30, 40, maybe 60 years in this process. And now let's take it back to the present. The illustration that we're drawing in of the inspiration of this waiting is where we are right now. I think we're, what are we, nine months in? We're coming up to Christmas, which is this unique season in our lives. We have so much tradition around it, but it's different now. And we're, we're waiting. We're finding ourselves emotionally thin, feeling like the things inside of you are easily tapped into related to anger, that you feel like giving up, you feel a loss of hope, feel like you're just hunkered down trying to get to the other side. You're, you're battling in some way in your relationships, maybe more than you have in a long time, because you are just holding your breath. You may be finding yourself more angry at people because you perceive that their challenge in this season is not as hard as yours. But what if this time were actually purposeful? What if 
God was at work in a significant way in your life through all of these things. Now, how? What do, what do we mean by purposeful? I'm going to take you to a, a book of a, a man. His, his title and the, and the thesis of this book, I think, is really significant related to this. His name's Eugene Peterson. He actually just passed away in the last couple of years. And he was the uh, translator or the plan, transliteration of the, uh, the version of the, the Bible called The Message. And many years ago, he wrote a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. I think when he wrote this book, he had been pastoring this one church that was a healthy church, but it never grew beyond 300. It was, a, uh, it was something that was just a, a consistent place of ministry in his life as the seasons came and went. And he had experienced a long, consistent, step-by-step obedience in serving this community in his life. And his basic thesis is that we are all in between. We are, we are in between birth and death. We are in between when we wake and when we sleep. We're in between adolescence and adulthood. We're in between where we are and what we're hoping for. And the in-between has purpose. So, um, you don't have to read the book. Uh, Yes, read the book. It'll be inspiring. But I'm kind of joking and saying, here's the bottom line. To discover the the purpose of this in-between is to discover that the meaning of the journey is walking and understanding the presence of God. We often think that when we get there, our problems will be solved. But in general, there doesn't exist. Sometimes we get there, and it's not what we thought it was. When we get the graduation uh, certificate and document, when we get the job, when we get married, when we get children, when we get retirement, when we get some substance of success, we look around and say, is that all there is? There's a, a feeling that we think we're going to have when we get there, that our desires and needs are going to met, that there's going to be this plateau of significance and value and contentment. But there actually might not really exist. What exists is the journey and the presence of God in the journey. This is the story of our life. It's between where we are and where we're going. When I was a child, I was waiting for birthday and Christmas. You know, I was waiting till I got this prize and this this special thing that I was imagining ripping open and enjoying. When I was in high school, I was waiting to get my driver's license. I was waiting to get a car. I was waiting for when I could go on a date. I was waiting to get that position or award or waiting to get accepted into college, that college that was going to be, man, I'm really big now. I'm, I'm, I'm mature. When I was in 20s, I was waiting 
to be successful. I, I was waiting for people to see who I really was and respect me. I was waiting to get the promotion. I was waiting to get that position, that next step that was going to cement something solid and significant in me. When I was in my 30s, it was, when am I going to get a house? I'll get, I'll, we'll get stability. We'll get something solid when we get the house. When are we going to have children? And then, when are my kids going to sleep through the night? And when are we going to get past the diaper stage? And when are my kids going to get into elementary school? When am I going to get <laughs> some sleep? When am I going to feel rested? Or it could be for some of us, when I get married, I, then I won't be lonely. Then, then I won't be empty. So I'm taking us throughout the course of life here. When I was in my 40s, it was when I get to this next level in my career, there's going to be enough money and there's going to be enough time. When I get away from that manager or leader, then I'll be happy. When we get our kids into high school, things are going to be easier. It's just going to be more fun. Then in your 50s, when my kids get into college or get out of college, we will have accomplished our role as parents and we'll be there. Or when we get grandchildren or when I retire, that's when things are really going to be there. Or when we get the house paid off. Our whole life is a process of being between here and there. And we're never really arriving at there. We're only at different places along the road. And every season has its expectations and disappointments. There's no permanent solutions, no permanent arriving in this life except the experience of knowing Jesus. There's not a person or possession or feeling that will ultimately meet your needs. Now, there are good experiences along the way. There are wonderful people. There are precious gifts that God has for us. But if one of those things were all you needed to happen, to make life worthwhile, then your life would fall apart when that thing broke or when that person left or when that feeling went away and all of these things happen. God's intention is that when you see how you're surrounded by everything that is temporary in life, the seasons, the color of your hair, your skin, that when you see the temporary, you would more clearly see the only one who is permanent. Now, this COVID season strongly brings up the question, are you living for a long obedience in the same direction of building a life with Jesus? Or are you just waiting for this to all be over so you can get back to that imaginary place that we call normal? As we look back at Simeon and Anna, God's response to these decades 
of waiting for them is to give them Jesus. And the root that God is bringing us all back to throughout our days is that He Himself is our peace. He Himself is our satisfaction. And we need to begin carving out an understanding of experiencing God in the mundane. Experiencing God in washing dishes. That's the story of of Brother Lawrence, the uh, great, simple, clear, penetrating book called uh, The Presence, Pursuing the Presence of God. Practicing, excuse me, the presence of God. He was a dishwasher, surrounded by all these monks in this uh, abbey. <laughs> the, all the leaders were out there. All the different positions were there. He was the dishwasher. And he was the one that really found and understood the presence of God. Because he wasn't looking for a title or significance or a position or accomplishing things. He was looking for Jesus. So when if it's washing the dishes, doing household chores, walking to class, it's not the high moments with the church conference or this huge pinnacle event. It's it's the in-between. It's on the way places that we learn that God is with us. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. The precious presence of Jesus. So what do you need to do? Do you need to jettison some bitterness, disappointment and judgment? Just kind of clear the decks again and say, I'm sorry, Lord, I've just been holding my breath and I've been angry all the time. It's just growing and growing in my life because I'm waiting for normal. I'm waiting for there. You just need to, again, this is something we do daily, it's something we do seasonally, but Jesus, you are first place in my hopes and my expectations. There's a, the hymn, Oh, holy night, as a phrase just stands out to me. It says, He appeared and the soul felt its worth. That revelation of Jesus is what's going to bring the breakthrough in this search for significance, this search for arriving at a place where you are really known and valuable. So, I encourage you, just take some time to reflect on these things. Look back and say, God, build a healthy, a healthy expectation of where, where I'm going and how to walk with you in this season.